Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And turn with me to the Old Testament book of Hebrews. The Old Testament book of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter number 11. We're in a Sunday school series of uh, Have Faith in God. And we're concentrating our efforts on the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with this hall of faith chapter that over and over it says by faith and then it says the individual then states the action that they do by faith Moses by faith Moses's parents by faith um, Abel by faith Abraham by faith Sarah and so on it goes and again it teaches us the principle that faith always produces action Faith always produces action. And as we've been walking through this, we now find our way to the book of Hebrews in chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11, and notice with me in verse number 23. Hebrews chapter 11, and in verse 23. Hebrews 11 and verse 23. And we're introduced to this next group of people. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw that he was a proper child, and that they were not afraid of the king's commandments. And with this, notice what it talks about. Uh, it says, specifically of Moses's parents in this, that it's dealing with Moses, but it is the faith of Moses's parents, the faith of Moses's parents. Moses, as he started off, his parents had to have a great faith in order to bring him to the place he ought to go. Let me show you an Old Testament principle of this. We're going to come back to Hebrews 11 in just a second. But the Old Testament principle I want to show you uh, would be found in Proverbs 22.6. And let me show you this important principle that ties exactly into this um, passage. The book of Proverbs chapter 26, or 22. Proverbs 22. So remember, in the middle of your Bible, you usually open close to Psalms, Psalms, Proverbs, Proverbs 22. Now, we're speaking specifically of Moses when he was a child, and that Moses' parents had raised him up. We'll cover the story in just a second. But it said, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. Well, we're seeing here that there's a correlation between the faith of Moses' parents and the faith of Moses. So let's see if we could trace this line, starting with this principle in Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, and notice with me in verse 6. Proverbs 22 and verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is a clear principle in the Bible. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he shall not depart from it. Now, 
what this verse is teaching, let me tell you what this verse is not teaching. Some people have the idea, for comfort's sake, is that this verse is teaching that you go ahead and you instill the best that you possibly can into it, and you try to remind them church, and you try to remind them Bible, but what's going to happen? They turn into a teenager, and they rebel against God, and I don't want you, God. They turn into 18, and they do whatever they want. They go ahead and sow their wild oats, and then they make a mess of their life, and they fix things up, and then verse... uh, 30, they have a midlife crisis and they try to keep their family together. And when they turn 40, they have a come to Jesus moment and they finally come back to God. That is not what this verse teaches. This verse teaches, train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is old. With this idea here is it doesn't matter. You put whatever age in there. Train up a child in the way that they should go and when they are 13 years old, they shall not depart from it. Train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is 21 years old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way that he is old and when he is 25, he shall not depart from it. Train up a child and when... (laughs) The way, <laughs> train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is 40 years old, he will not depart from it. So this is teaching this very clearly. Now some people said, well, I try to teach the Bible. I try. Well, we're missing something. The phrase here, train up a child in the way that they should go, is an old colloquial term, meaning an old pictorial term. And it carries the idea that when in Moses' day, by the way, and the ancient world, when a baby was born... What they would do is they would have this bitter type of paste that they would rub on the baby's gum. And what would happen when the baby is born, they would put this paste on it immediately. And it would cause the baby to have a response of... And what it's doing is that it's training the child to prepare to suck, to prepare to feed off of mother... And so that way, uh, because they didn't have formula, they didn't have Walmart, they didn't have Similac. So the child had to feed. And so this phrasing here is an old picture that is now brought into this uh, uh, language now. Train up a child in the way that they should go. Just like you would put that paste in there. And it would automatically, without the child saying, all right, little baby, I know that you're only a couple minutes old, but listen here, this is how you go... All right, the baby's not responding to that instruction. What they are doing is that you put the paste on there and it causes them without them truly understanding it. And what it's trying to get to the heart of is to the heart of the matter is that you place it inside of them. You train them in their heart. You get a hold of their heart. So many times the mistake we make is that we try to control people's outside without working on the inside. How does someone change for Christ? Not by the outside, but changes us from the inside out. And so this carries the idea to train up a child in the way that they uh, should go, carries the idea of getting it into their heart. If you get these principles into their heart, when they're 13, they will not depart from it. When you put these things into their heart, you make it a part of them. When they're 18, they won't depart from it. When you put these things into their heart, it is a matter of the heart. It's putting it inside of them, not on the outside of them. We, we, we see this principle all over and we're heartbroken because I understand that when a child is born, they don't come with the instruction manual that comes out after them. 
And a lot of people are doing the best they can with what they have. But the Bible here is our manual. It teaches us that we have to instill the love of God to follow God into them. Put it as a part of them. And if you train up a child in the way that they should go, putting it into them where they're teaching to, they automatically have the right response. Train up a child in the way that they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, this is going to be carried out in the life of Moses. There is a correlation between what you put into a child and what he becomes when he becomes a man. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we're coming to the faith of Moses. The faith of Moses' parents specifically, and that it is because of what the parents put into Moses allowed him to become the man that he would become. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. By the way, how do we do this? We know that Romans 10, 17 says this, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Remember, we're talking about by faith, by faith, by faith, Moses' parents, by faith, Moses. Where does faith come from? From the word of God. So train up a child in the way he should go. Remember, it's not talking about the outside. It's putting it in the inside. What are we putting in the inside? If we want them to have faith, what are we putting in the inside? The word of God. You put the word of God into them. You make it a part of them. And when they are old, it doesn't matter, 15, 18, 40, 60, they will not depart from it. This is the principle that's given here. And this is the, the principle that we have to start with. Putting it into them. Putting it, making it a part of them. Not working on the outside as much as we are on the inside. And they will change from the inside out. By faith, Moses' parents. Notice if you don't mind in the book of Exodus, and let's read this historical account. Exodus chapter 2. So we're seeing by faith Moses' parents. And we're correlating the faith of Moses' parents, what they put into him when he was a child, that caused him to live by faith when he was a man. Notice with me in the book of Hebrew, uh, Exodus chapter number 2. And let's read this historical account. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1. And there went a man of the house of Levi, and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the, water, and the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child. We'll define that here in a bit. When he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took him for... <coughs> an ark of bulrushes, and dabbed it with slime and with pitch, and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then said to said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And 
Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And the Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And a woman, the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and she became her son. And she called his name Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. Now, this is the historical account. We'll cover this in more detail in just a second. But we're seeing here from the book of Hebrews, and if you don't mind to turn back with me to the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, and we're covering here the faith of Moses' parents, the faith of Moses' parents, and we're tying in the faith of Moses' parents to the faith that Moses later on would have. The first thing I want to bring to your attention because of this account dealing with Moses' parents is that they were believing parents. They were believing parents. Now, in the context, we need to remember what's going on. The children of Israel are inside of Egypt. And inside of Egypt, the Egyptians worship more gods than any other gods of history except for perhaps the Hindu people. They had thousands of gods. And the Hebrew people were in the midst of these people that worshiped thousands of gods. But in addition, the Hebrew people themselves, for the most part, were also worshiping other gods than the God of the Bible. We see that in the book of Joshua when he's addressing his people. He says, listen, if God be God, choose him. But if the God's on the other side of the river, it's talking about the idea of back in Egypt, on the other side of the river, we had crossed this river into the promised land, but all those that are there, if they be God, follow them. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Why is he telling that to these people? Because there was many of them who were not following after God, who were not following after the God of the Bible. And many of them had been in this area where they were not serving God. But Moses' parents, they feared the Lord. They recognized who God's were. They were believing parents. We know for us, we're surrounded by people who don't serve God. In fact, we're surrounded by Christians who don't serve God. And in the midst of this, we have to make a stand. We have to determine that we're going to worship God and we're going to try to instill uh, the love of God and what God has done into the hearts and lives of our children. We have to work on this. The book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23 says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. Remember in the book of Exodus chapter 2, it uses the term he was a goodly child. This proper and goodly are talking about the same thing. That they saw that God had something for this kid. God had something special for this child. He was a goodly child, which carries the idea that in their minds, they saw that God had something. He was a proper child, where it carries the idea that God, how God saw him. They looked at this child and said, God's got a plan for this little guy. God's got a plan for him. And it's our job as parents to raise this kid so he looks up to the Lord. That's our responsibility. And we have to do what we can to protect this child, to help this child. They understood about it. They knew that God had given his word and that there was a time limit on their bondage of Egypt. Remember that God had told Abraham that they were going to be in a, uh, in a strange land for 400 years. They knew that they had a promise. Remember you have Joseph's bones at this time. Which was a testimony that the people were going to get out of this land. 
And so they had trusted God and his promises. They were looking for deliverance. They were recognizing that God had something special for this child. And so they knew that they had the responsibility of training this little guy for the Lord. Putting into him faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not only were they believing parents, but they were courageous parents. They were courageous parents. What do we mean by this? Well, we believe that they were not running around frightened. But they had a lot of things around them that were frightening. Remember what was happening at this time. The Hebrew people started from 70 and had multiplied to about a million and a half at this time. A million and a half people in the backyard of the Egyptians. And the Egyptians were very much suspicious of them. What happens if an enemy attacks us? If these Hebrew people rise up and they're in the midst of us, we'll be... Uh, doing a two-front battle. We've got to do something about these Hebrew kids. And so the, first they passed the law with the uh, midwives that if a male child is born, you're responsible for killing this child as soon as he comes out. Well, the midwives had refused to obey. And God had blessed them for it because they spared God's people. They didn't kill the kids. So Moses, then, or Pharaoh now passed another law that said that any male child was supposed to be killed. And there were soldiers now looking for it. Could you imagine what it would be like to have a child? You don't know if it's a boy or a girl until it comes out. And the boy comes out and you go, uh-oh. This child is under the penalty of death. This child has to die. But we know that God's got a plan for this. What do we do? We know that for the space of three months... That Jochebed, Moses' mother, tried to hide the child. But any of you have been around kids for a while. Kids are not hidden that easily. They like to cry. And he started to get bigger. And she goes, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do this. I have to do something. This child, God wants to use him. And I've got to do something. God, what do we have to do? Now, they weren't running around freaking out. They weren't. Uh, losing their mind. It was a very frightening situation, but they were looking to God. We know that there wasn't much scripture written, but they did have a tale of a time where God was going to destroy the world and how he destroyed the world, how he saved the people was by an ark. And so Jochebed probably working off of this information said, you know what? If an ark had saved the people the first time, maybe an ark can save my child now. And so she built an ark of bulrushes. So basically, she weaved a basket together. And then she put pitch, which is kind of like a tar-type substance. And she put it within and without to make it waterproof. And then she did the hardest thing she ever did in her life. She commended her child to the Lord. This is a phrase that they use in the book of Acts. The word commend carries the idea to take your hands off of it. It's not my responsibility, Lord. I'm trusting you. And so the hardest thing she did, she didn't know that Pharaoh's daughter was upstream. He didn't, she didn't say, all right, let's see if I can aim it just right. What she did is she put him in the river, trusted God to save her child by this ark. Took her hands off and said, God, it's your responsibility now. God, he's your child. You have to take care of him. She took her hands off. You know how much courage that takes to take your hands off of a situation? To take your hands off of a person? Because we like to fix things. You see someone who's not doing right, you feel like you got to fix them. 
Sometimes you kick them. Sometimes you take the Bible and bash them. Sometimes you shake them. Sometimes you feel like bashing their head. But our fixing doesn't work. We could preach at them. We could logic them. And it doesn't work. Finally, we have to get to the place where we show enough courage. And by the way, it's courage. Because it's the most frightening thing you could ever do is to take your hands off. And say, Lord, it's not me now. Lord, it's not my responsibility. I'm trusting you. I'm taking my hands off. It's your responsibility. That took a lot of courage to take your hands off. It took a lot of courage to be able to say, God, I have to trust you with this situation. You tell me what to do and I'll be obedient. But God, it's not my responsibility anymore. It's yours. And she took her hands off. Believing that God was going to take care of him. That's what she was trusting in. God I'm trusting you to take care of him. I can't trust Pharaoh. I can't trust the river. I can't trust this ark. I'm trusting you. I don't know how it's going to work out, but you do it. They were courageous parents. They lifted their hands off. May God make us courageous parents to rise up to the challenge, to expect our children to become children of faith, that shows that there's only one real God. To, to have enough courage in an unbelieving world to still do what's right. We could see that they were believing parents. They were courageous parents. They were also obedient parents. They were obedient parents. So they put Moses in the water. And isn't it just like God? It just so happened that he brought Moses to Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter is outside. She takes the basket, looks in and says, oh, it's a baby. And the Bible talks about Exodus chapter 2. You know what happened when she saw the baby? It cried. It cried at the right time. And her heart said, oh, here's a baby that needs to be. She wasn't stupid. She knew where this baby came from. It's one of the Hebrew kids. And yet she decided to take on this. Now, Moses' sister Miriam, who's probably six, seven, eight at this time, maybe a little bit older, maybe 12, who knows, somewhere around there, she comes up and says, Hey, do you need a nurse to take care of this? Well, this is a practical idea. Pharaoh did not give birth, or Pharaoh's daughter didn't give birth to Moses. And they didn't have formula, they didn't have Similac, they didn't have Walmart. So they would have a nurse who would be able to take this. Do you need a nurse to take care of this? Now Moses, or Pharaoh's daughter wasn't stupid. She understood what was happening. There just happens to be a mother that's ready to nurse. Sure. And so she went and grabbed Moses' mother. And because Moses' mother gave, um, gave her son to God, God gave her son back to her. And now she is tasked to raise this child not for herself but to raise this child for another person by the way that's what parenting is about when we have a baby dedication we're we're not dedicating the baby you say what we're not dedicating the baby why because the baby cannot make a choice for itself what we're dedicating is the parents to raise that child for them to make the decision to raise that child for god that's what happened during the dedication. They're making a decision. I'm going to raise this child. Now, 
in those days, so Moses' mother was hired to feed the child. In those days, you would usually feed a child in this manner till they were about five years old. And so she had him for a while. She understood she had five years to influence this child. That's it, five years. But do you understand the first five years of your life is the golden age of learning? During this time, you learn more than any other time in your life. You say, what do you learn? Everything. You know zero words. Do you know that by the time a child says its first word, it understands between 1,000 to 2,000 words? They un- but they had to learn all those. Do you understand how hard it is to walk? Now, we take it for granted because you've been walking around for a while. But for a child to take that step and to get the muscles to to work the way it should and to balance out, they have to learn how to do all of that. This is the golden age of learning. Child psychologists who study these things that says by age um, three, they begin to form their personality. By age five, your personality is set for the rest of your life. You have those years to influence a child, to teach them, to put the word of God inside of them. You said, but they can't sing it, uh, sing those songs. Man, there's nothing like teaching a child, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Do you know you could teach kids to memorize verses before they could read? Just repeat after them and work with them. You could do so much to get God's word into them. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. There was a correlation between putting faith into a child and to what that child will become when they grow up. Moses' mother understood that she only had five years And during these five years, she taught him about the Lord. During these five years, she taught him to have faith in God. So much that he is going to respond later. We're going to show that in just a second. But Moses become the man that he did because he had a mother the first five years of his life who put these things into him. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. Remember the word training up is putting the word picture of putting it inside of them. Not working on the outside, but putting it in the inside. That if you put these things in the inside of someone, it will change them from the inside out. Even the Jesuits, which were the militant arm of the Roman Catholic Church, used to say this. You give us a child when he is seven years old, and we don't care what happens to him after that, he will always be ours. They understood this principle. If you take these golden age of learning and you teach them the word of God and you teach them to trust God and you teach them to respond by faith, they will grow up with this the rest of their life. But it was the parents' responsibility to put this into them. Now, we knew not everything was visible at the time, but it became visible. If you don't mind, let's see how this installation of faith as a child came to pass When Moses was older. Notice again with me in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. We'll talk more about Moses next week. But I want you to notice in these verses. The verbs. These actions that were made. These decisions that were made. Because of what Moses' parents instilled in him. Notice with me Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23. By faith Moses when he was born. 
was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." Right here we see the faith of Moses' parents putting, instilling into this child the faith in God. So, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he shall not depart from it. She only had him for a few years. Then Moses went to the best schools. He went to the best universities. He was trained to be the Pharaoh. And yet, he made decisions to choose God rather than Egypt. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming, he determined the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. So here, he had the choice. Do you want the treasures of Egypt or do you want the reproach of Christ? I choose the reproach of Christ. That is of greater value. Why could he choose that? Because he had a mother who instilled these things in him. Put something. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he should depart from him. Couldn't Moses get away with it? Couldn't he be reasonable? Said, hey, you're, an, you're the prince of Egypt. Act like it. He could have enjoyed the riches. He could have enjoyed the sin. He could have enjoyed all these. But he chose Christ. Why? Where did it stem from? A mother. A mother. Who only had him for a small amount of time. Who raised this child for someone else. On purpose. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. Why? As seeing him who is invisible. Why did Moses make these decisions? Not to please his mother. He made these decisions because he saw him who was invisible. He was looking past and he was looking at God. How did he know about God? Because of a mother. A mother who put these things into him. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. Our responsibility is to put these things into their heart. The things that you put in the heart cannot be taken away. This is our task to be obedient to the Lord. Is to put these things into the heart. Again, it's one thing to work on the outside actions. Clean your room. Wash your clothes, scrub your face, take a shower. Those are outside things. You could teach a child to cook, clean, iron, wash clothes. You could teach them to do that. But doesn't mean they're going to follow God. You could drag them to church. And it doesn't mean they're going to follow God. You have to put these things in them. Make it a part of them. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We have to get the word of God inside them. We have to teach them the principles. We have to teach them that God is real, and that he's the one that we have to please. We have to teach them to see him who is invisible to make these choices. 
train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he shall not depart from it. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.